Okay. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Jesus said, this is how you should pray. And you may know the words, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The New Living rewords that to read like this. Father, or Jesus literally said, Daddy God, who is in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Don't let us yield to temptation. Then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, kind of like a Baltimore row house down from an open window in the middle of the night. Don't bother me. The door is locked for the night. My family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. That's some voice that Jesus gave God. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. Everyone who knocks, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. You fathers, if your children ask you for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if, you ask for an, or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Well, I say thank you, Jesus, this morning for that lesson in prayer. Right? And I've referred to the book by uh, Pastor Andrew Murray, With Christ in the School of Prayer, because it does help us to understand that like Jesus' friends, his followers, we should try to learn from Jesus about how to pray. That, that was his intention. Jesus clearly never wanted us to look at prayer as something that was, would never have an answer. But instead, Jesus wanted us to look at prayer as an opportunity to have a conversation with God. How many of you are capable of having a conversation? Right? We can have a conversation. You're born with that gift. We can have a conversation with God. It is, it is a gift that He's given us. Now, we have, and you have uh, in your handout, a couple of different things. An opportunity to write down three people that you're praying for. On the back, you have a list of the many different types of prayer with some scripture verses that beyond what we will take the time to do in this series will give you other tools, other ways of praying. And then we also have this pattern from the Luke 11, what's called the Lord's Prayer. It's a way to kind of break it down. And I did it in L's because that's what you're supposed to do in church these days. Use alliteration like crazy. Lift. Daddy God, who is in heaven, let your name be kept holy. Okay? Even if you don't like clapping and dancing, 
right? Daddy God who is in heaven, let your name be kept holy. May your, may let your name inside of me be the most important thing, right? Lift. I start my prayer, no matter how I feel, no matter what challenge I face, by lifting God. There is a value in that. Last week we talked about it like a heads-up display. My heads-up display gets rearranged. Now all of a sudden God is bigger than my problem. I recommend a book called Your God is Too Small. There are times where we wouldn't say it this way, but our functional belief on the inside, God is too small. We don't have him in the right place with the right understanding of how big, how awesome, how amazing, how powerful he really is. So I lift, I start with lift, and then I go to let, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. God, I want to see more than my own dreams, desires, plans, cravings, whatever. I want to see you on earth, in the whole earth, in our country, in our city, in my neighborhood, and in my life. And yeah, all the way up inside of me, my thoughts, my emotions, my decisions, my plans. I want to see your kingdom come, your will be done. Have your way with me, God. Exchange what I think with what you think. Right? Now, if I start in that place, it's much easier than to come to this, give us this day our daily bread. Right? It's it's a lot easier to kind of come to that and to come to that with the right attitude in mind. Okay? Now, Jesus, one of the people that Jesus is speaking to is Peter. I've been referring to Peter kind of throughout this to kind of help us get an example on this, right? To help it make it a little bit more accessible. So Peter, like us, was a normal person. You might think of him as having a a short temper. You might think of him as kind of saying, being one way one day and another way another day, right? Might think of him as, you know, he, 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 he wants to talk. He's going to get out there and and say that thing. Peter was also married. Peter was also, as a fisherman, they had multiple boats there with the brothers. And so there were small business people. And we talked about how in in fishing, what what could have been a, a place of happiness or pleasure for him would have in business turned into being a place of pressure and pain. And that can happen for us. Some of us are young professionals in careers. We had a dream. We had a plan. We set out to do it. It was an awesome thing. It's a wonderful thing. A place that we had imagined who we are and the, the, the romantic idea of who we are. And then we get there and we show up to the job and other people don't think of us the way that we think of ourselves. And other people put expectations on us. And then sometimes we goof up. And so sometimes it gets painful and stressful. And now all of a sudden a thing that we thought was going to be a wonderful and amazing and everyone would think we were amazing sauce, now all of a sudden is not so amazing. I don't want to depress any of those of you that are young and not yet in that chapter of life, but it will come. And when it does, we're here for you. So, just like Peter, who was watching Jesus and was noticing, that cat's different, right? I mean, there had to be something inside of Peter that caused him to leave the boats behind. You think his wife had something to say about that? Peter was frustrated enough with what his life really was that he was leaving it behind. 
Peter was leaving it behind to pursue Jesus and he's watching Jesus and he's heard and he's been told that Jesus was this this guy who grew up in Nazareth, this no-name small town. We know that Jesus was not particularly tall or handsome or muscular. He wasn't a supermodel. He wasn't Tom Brady. He wasn't Aaron Rodgers or even Joe Flacco. Right? He wasn't those things. He was very ordinary, kind of like me. Average or below average height. Average in every way. I'm not saying I'm like Jesus. I'm just saying he's in physical stature a little closer. So Peter's watching this person who's not the person that if a group of guys go out to eat, that, that he, this is the guy that gets thrown the car keys to drive. No, Peter was that alpha male. Peter was the alpha male. He's the one who gets thrown the car keys. You're driving. doesn't matter whose car it is. This, this, this thing happens among men sometimes. That, that was Peter. And yet he's watching Jesus and how Jesus lives his life, who, like it or not, believe it or not, what we have, the information that we really have to go on, Jesus was not necessarily an alpha male. Peter's watching that, and he's watching Jesus now start to go through times of great pressure. People had left him. People had already betrayed him before this point, because people other than Judas Judas betrayed Jesus. People had accused him. People had kicked him out of their town. People had not recognized him. Not everything was wonderful and amazing for Jesus up until this point. And yet Peter is watching Jesus handle all of life's disappointments in a very different way. He's saying something's different about this guy. And one of the things that he observes is Jesus getting alone to pray. And so they finally get up the nerve to ask Jesus how to pray. And then this is Jesus' response. So if I take that into context, I want to take us to Proverbs 3. Can we go to Proverbs 3 this morning, please? It's in the fast food section of the Bible. That's the middle. Psalms and Proverbs. If you ever need just a real quick hit, the fast food section of the Bible, it's good. It's, some of you know what I'm talking about. It's good. Now, these are words that Peter and Jesus would have been familiar with. They grew up in our equivalent of Hebrew school. Okay? By the time they were 12, they would have had to have memorized Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy and recited them to teachers. Okay? So, that's, that's what, so they would have been familiar with these words. Okay? And I think that these words are really important when we get to this, give us this day our daily bread, part of the prayer. Are you guys with me? Is this okay? Okay. You may be familiar with the New King James or the NIV, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. Now, let me read from the New Living. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. Continuing on here, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. I kind of prefer the lean not on your own understanding because it also gives us the word picture of looking at your circumstances and those facts, like the dollar amount in your banking account or, you know, those facts that you are looking at, like lean not on your own understanding. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Verse seven, instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Fear is a deep respect word. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. 
Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill, fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Now, this, these would be words that Jesus and Peter were familiar with, that they would have been able to recite to each other, that they would have known. But when you come to God and you start to ask God, give us this day our daily bread, an attitude adjustment is required. Right? I've got to be aware, like Jesus framed it in, who are you talking to? Daddy God, who is where? In heaven. So I have to kind of come back to a trust place. We've been looking at this psalm. Trust in Him at all times. Pour out your heart to Him, for God is our refuge. In good times and in bad You know, there's another passage of Scripture that says, God, only give me what I need today so that I don't have too much and forget about you and have too little and go stealing. Surveys of people related to their income and their finances and their bills came back with this astonishing number. Over a number of years and thousands and thousands of people surveyed, when asked what dollar amount they would need to earn, to be in a good place, everyone came in at about 25 to 30% above of what they were currently making. They didn't give percentages, they gave dollar amounts. Does that tell you something? Solomon also wrote this, of human desire there is no end. Yeah, sure, cost of living goes up. Yeah, we've seen that. Things change. But wrapped up in it, there is a human desire, a gut level thing that makes it kind of hard to let go and let God. That makes it kind of hard to just trust Him. Do we trust Him more than the business that is that logo on your paycheck, that is that building that you go to because there's lots of other people that go there and they always get their paycheck on time? Who is the creator of the world? Who, who, who do we trust? It is the one true living God, Daddy God who is in heaven, to whom we come and say, give us this day our daily bread. For me in my life as an adult, it has been a major gut check for me. I have had to come to a place of, do I really trust Him more than I trust the bank, the employer? And God had to work on me before we moved here, and He did so by moving me, literally moving me, into a commission-only job. (laughs) I don't recommend it. Now, it worked out fantastically for us, but I don't recommend it. If you want to learn who you trust, that's one way to do it. So, I trust in the Lord. With all my heart, I lean not on my own understanding. I can't trust in the circumstances and the facts that I see in the natural world. I've got to trust in the one true living God who is a spirit, but is the God who created the world and is the God who, quote, owns the cattle on a thousand hill. Right? Trust in Him when? At all times. I trust in Him when? At all times. So when I come to this, I lift Him up, I let Him, and then I come to pray about about my life, about, about what I live, and where my living comes from. 
I've got to come to a place of trust and of appreciation. Let's turn to Philippians. Can we turn to Philippians, please? Uh, let's go to chapter 4. So you go Acts, Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Philippians chapter 4. I should have bookmarked it. Okay. Philippians chapter 4. Everybody there? Okay. Always, I I really come to resent some of the always in the Bible. (laughs) Always be full of the joy of the Lord. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say again, rejoice. Let Rejoicing takes a decision of the will. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. He's writing about the return of Jesus. Don't worry about anything. So Bob Marley had it right. Don't worry about a thing. Because every little thing is going to be all right. Instead, pray about everything. Oh, there's a chiropractic adjustment. Don't worry about anything. Do you know that the Bible has 365 occurrences of don't worry or fear not? 365. There's one for every day. Do you know that you could read one every day? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing then the God of peace will be with you. He's saying that this is not easy. He's saying that focus matters. Now, focus is not an easy thing. I'll give you an example. I just stepped in gum. (laughs) Becky and Justin can probably hear my foot this past few minutes. It sounds kind of disgusting. I I apologize to you, but I I needed to focus. We can go through life stepping in gum. You ever, I mean, there was a point in my life where I really did feel like Charlie Brown because it seemed like I just kept stumping in gum over and over. Someone would move the football and I would swing and miss and fall on my back, right? Sometimes life feels like that. I remember one day where I had a flat tire and I was really, I was, I was young and single and I really felt like, and there was no money for the tire. And I really felt my life was coming to an end. And so an adult just told me, hey, snap out of it. It's just a tire. Thanks for that. <laughs> Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. You know, I have to be honest with you. Your pastor needs sometimes to thank God before he can ask God to provide for the bills. Sometimes I just, so that I don't pray 
and wine. And I mean, I've, I've whined plenty and it's okay to have a season of life where you're just whining in prayer. God loves you and he hears you and it's okay. But I did kind of come to a point where I realized, you know, I'm kind of whining a lot and that probably is annoying to God. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's not annoyed like I am, but you know, maybe, maybe it's time for me to grow up a little bit and start to have a little bit of an attitude adjustment. And so I had to kind of start to rearrange my order of prayer and follow kind of this advice and kind of start my prayer with, Hey God, thank you for the fact that I'm sucking oxygen right now. You know, I mean, I do, I do have friends that are dead that I grew up with. You know, I do have people that are not breathing. I, I do have friends that have life more difficult than me that I, I would not want to trade problems with. You know, any, anyone else in that place? Like, I know some people that's like, man, I don't know how, how, how you do it. And, and I'm not, my life isn't, you know, easy, but when I start to get a little bit of perspective, it's like, okay, God, thank you for what you have provided. You know, I thank God that today I can get up and be here with you. That I didn't have to go out and jump in a dumpster to, to get breakfast. It could happen. I would survive as many days as God wants me to, but it wasn't this morning. And so I, I do kind of need, and I'm not trying to be harsh, I'm just trying to be real. Is that okay? I kind of need that sometimes to just say, okay, God, thank you for what you have provided. This has been a really good year. Thank you. And give us this day our daily bread. Now, I think it is important for us to understand Jesus told us to pray and ask for provision. Now, there's a benefit to it in that if I'm asking for it, and I would recommend, I would really recommend that you write, write stuff down that you're praying about and be specific and ask for things that you're not capable of earning on your own. Did you hear me? That's really specific advice, and I think it's really helpful. Write stuff down, ask for things that are beyond your reach, and don't be afraid to talk about the normal, menial, everyday stuff. Right? Talk to him. Tell him what you need. He told us to. Right? He told us to. Ask for that provision. He wants to provide. Now, every once in a while, I need a gut check. And I need to say, if God had answered every one of my prayers this week, who would have come to faith? Who would have gotten saved? Who would have been healed? Who would have had a new job? You do notice something in the story. And for those of you that were out working on June 29th, uh, you can pull up the recording of the message that day. I gave a message on the rest of Luke 11, this story that Jesus told. They talk about it's interesting this story that Jesus tells right after, he says, he's talking about persistence. Keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. But the story he gives is about someone who has a friend who comes over who has a need. And they bring that person into their house. They start meeting their need, knowing that they don't have enough food in their own house to feed them. They start meeting the need, and then they go to God to ask God for what they need to meet that person's need. Did you catch that? So I think that not only should we write down the stuff that we need for ourselves, but I think we should write down who is it in your life that has needs and how can you be involved in meeting their needs and what are the things that are beyond your capacity that you can't do? Maybe you're incapable of 
helping them get off a drug addiction, or maybe you're incapable of employing them. You don't have a business, you can't give them a job. Maybe you're incapable of healing their physical ailment. But what you can do is you can say, God, give us this day our daily bread, and God, so-and-so needs this. You notice what comes out of this? Jesus is so smart. The benefit is that now I am less focused on the lack in my life, right? I don't, I have no idea. Am I going to have to throw these shoes away? I don't have another, right? I'm not focused on the lack in my life, the pain that I'm feeling in my body or whatever. I don't, I'm not ignoring it. I'm still bringing it to God. Are you paying attention? But I'm coming to him who is the living God, who is in control, who is my real source. And then I'm connected, not only in God meeting my need, but now I'm also connecting God with meeting the needs of other people. And so now the whole thing, my perspective kind of starts to get in order. And then from Philippians 4, now peace just starts to become the driving influence. Now peace just starts to come a little bit more naturally. Does this make sense? Does this sound good? I think it's really helpful. Um, I want to wrap up and I want us to spend a little bit of time in prayer together. And Ben, when I dismiss to prayer, we'll use those prayer slides that are up in a separate. Um, You may have heard God described by the name Jehovah Jireh. Yahweh Jireh. That's from the story in Genesis chapter 22. And I would encourage you to read that story this week in Genesis 22. You may have noticed when you came in this morning that the cranes for the construction here in the rotunda were kind of pointing the same direction and that one of them was over the houses. The neighbors have been concerned about these cranes that are sometimes over the houses when they're not being operated, so they've been posting questions and the construction company sent a reply that I thought was very interesting. The cranes have weather detection devices on them and they have a way of auto-correcting so that they're not getting winds that are destructive, but they're pointed in a direction that works with the wind. And that's how the cranes can actually change the direction that they are with nobody being in them. But there was another word for it, was it? Weather veining. Weather veining. What happens when I align myself with God, I lift Him, and I say, God, let Your will be done. But God, give us this day our daily bread, and God, meet the needs of those that I'm connected with, is a weather veining. And now instead of the winds of life being so destructive, I'm on a sure foundation, I'm pointed the right direction, and now I can be a channel through which the wind of God blows to get the provision of God through me. God, I want us to be blessed, and I believe in prosperity with a purpose, but I believe in prosperity with a purpose. God isn't just here to bless you for you. God wants to not just get the blessing to you. He wants to get the blessing through you. Whether it's money or a smile. Hello? Does that sound good? It's a good place to be. It's the connected life out of which peace starts to become what's at the driving, right? The steering wheel, what's governing my life and my emotions. I'm not as rocked. I might I no longer view my wife my life as being wrecked because I can't pay a bill. Hello? Isn't God good? 
God is so good to us. So here's what we want to do. We want to break into small groups. I'm going to put some slides up, and I want to pray. And, and it could be something very simple. You could pray very short, simple prayers, like, God, help me to trust you with the provision that I need. Or God, help me to identify and write down the needs that are around me. Or God, help me to believe what you said is true. Are you catching my drift? So let's stand and we can make the best use of our time. We've got about seven minutes to pray and then we'll dismiss. We've got food and coffee uh, in the in the cafe and out there in the coffee shop. But if we could try to split into four, no more than five. Okay, then and, and we can pray short, meaningful prayers and really share this experience together. Amen. Okay, so let's stand right now and let's gather into groups and uh, let's start to pray.